not cooperating with me well. We'll see how this works. All right. Welcome to Wednesday. Armor Bearer, becoming an Armor Bearer. Uh, this will be take four. Um, we've spent some time learning about becoming an Armor Bearer. Um, we've walked through some technical difficulties. We've had some challenges, but <clears throat> we're going we're gonna to take into... We're still going to be covering some of the duties of an armor bearer. That's where we were last week. I just want to recap. There were 11 specific duties of an armor bearer. So I want to jump in and recap those real quick. Number one, you were uh, um, an armor bearer must provide strength for his leader. Uh, it must provide strength for your leader, whether it's a pastor, ministry leader, whatever it may be. You must provide strength for your leader. Number two, you must have a deep down sense of respect for your leader and an acceptance for and a tolerance of your leader's personality and their way of doing things. Again, it's, it's highly important. Sometimes difficult, but it's highly important. Three, most instinctively un, must instinctively understand his leader's thoughts. Remember that the teaching on we want to try to react and respond the way we think our leader would. We, we want to do as he would, not, not necessarily as we would. Number four, must walk in agreement and with submission to our leader. Always must be submissive to our leadership as long as we are subject to them. Um, even even when we may not agree, sometimes might not even like some of the decisions they're making, that, that submission to that leadership is, is very important. We must make the advancement of our leader the most important goal. We, we've got we've to see his vision come to pass. That's, that's the ultimate goal. Um, there's a lot of questions involved in some of this, but we've got to make the advancement of our leader the most important part of our, of our ministry. Uh, number six, an armor bearer must possess endless strength so as to thrust, press, and force his way onward without giving way under harsh treatment. So no matter what, you got to keep pressing in. Number seven, you must follow orders immediately and accurately. Remember, we talked about even taking notes if need be. Uh, be be quick. Don't don't hesitate when you're given something to do. When you're given a task, get to it. Um, number eight, you must be uh, must be a support. To your leader, you, you, that stay, that support, that, that leaning post, whatever it may be. Number nine, we must be an excellent communicator. We've got to learn to communicate the things that our leader wants us to speak. Um, and, and again, we, we need to speak as they would. we got to keep that in mind. Number ten, we must have a disposition that will eagerly gain victories for our leader. That, that disposition, we talk, uh, go back to farm life or, or, or rancher life, you know, we, we talk about a horse having a disposition. A disposition is, is your, your character, your way of doing things, your, um, your demeanor, if you will, your, your, your ultimate character of who you are and who you portray. We, we've got to have a character that eagerly gains victories for our leader. I mean, we, we don't need to be an old sourpuss that's just grumbly and grippy. Hey, you want to go to church with me today? I got to go. That ain't, that ain't what we need to do. There's, there needs to be a, a, an eagerness to what we're doing when we're serving our leader. Number 11, final one, we must have the ability to minister strength and courage to our leader. Most important, our leaders are, are under attack all the time. Uh, we are under attack all the time, but, lit, but lit, ministry leadership is constantly bombarded under attack. We've got to be able to be a strength and an encouragement to our leader. So we're going to jump into the duties of an armor bearer. This is continued. Even though the word armor bearer does not appear in the, in the New Testament, we can see from the scripture that the attitude and spirit of an armor bearer is found throughout the pages of the New Covenant. Here are some scripture references for you to study and to help you discover the, the proper attitude and the character of a New Testament armor bearer. And I'm, this is going to be a lot of scripture. I'm going to give you the scripture reference 
Uh, if you're jotting down notes, jot them down. If not, uh, hopefully you'll go back and listen to this more than one time so you can kind of really get a grip on this. This will be in Matthew chapter 18, verse 1 through 10. About, the, about that time his disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Jesus called a little child to him and put his child among them. And then he said, I tell you the truth, unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. So anyone who becomes as humble as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf is welcoming me. But if you cause one of these little ones who trust me in me to fall into sin, it would be better for you to have a large millstone tied around your neck and be drowned in the depths of the sea. Verse 7 says, With what sorrow awaits the world, because it tempts people to sin. Temptations are inevitable, but what sorrow awaits the person who does the tempting? So if your hand and foot causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It's better to enter eternal life with only one hand or one foot than to be thrown into the eternal fire with both of your hands and feet. And verse 9, And if your eyes cause you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. It's better to enter the eternal life with only one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into the eternal fire. And verse 10 says, Beware that you don't look down on any of these little ones, for I tell you that in heaven their angels are always in the presence of my heavenly Father. Man, it's, it, you know, again, if you capture the, the, the importance of who is the greatest in the kingdom, it's someone who comes to the Lord with such a humbleness, such a, a meekness and willingness, just like a child. And, and man, woe be it to those who cause a little one to fall or someone who is of that faith to come apart. We're going to go to John chapter 15. Again, I told you there's going to be a lot of scripture in this tonight. John chapter 15, verse 1 through 17. Starting with verse 1, it says, I am the true grapevine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you, for a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be faithful or, or fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Verse 6 says, Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into the pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. Verse 8 says, When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. I have, all, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. Verse 11 says, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay one, down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. If I, if I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves, now you are my friends, since I have told you everything that my father told me. You didn't choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go into the pro, go and produce lasting fruit so that the father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. Verse 17 says this, This is my command that we love each other. Again, there's a, a real reference there being being put out into to, to the commandment that God gave us to 
not only to go into all the world and produce disciples, but he asked us to love our neighbor just as we love ourselves. That was the greatest command that he gave us, that one of love, loving loving even our enemy. Uh, boy, difficult times when, when we think about some of these things and hard to swallow some of the words that are spoken. But he's really referencing if we don't do that, we're not going to produce fruit. We have to come in love. We've got to serve in love. We, everything that we do has to be equated to his love for, for other people, for the lost. That That's going to be our biggest drive. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 5 and 9. Slaves, obey your earthly masters and, and with deep respect and fear. Serve them and sincerely as you would serve Christ. Try to please them all the time. You must when you are watching. You must when they are watching you as slaves of Christ. Do the will of God with all your heart. Work with enthusiasm as though you are working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will reward each one of us for the good we do, whether we are slaves or free. Masters, treat your slaves in the same way. Don't threaten them. Remember, you both have the same master in heaven, and he has no favorites. You know, again, this is talking about servanthood. This is talking about serving that one that we've committed ourselves to, serving our leadership, serving, serving that one who's, who's in lead over us or, or supposed to be our, our commander-in-chief, if you will. We, we've got to serve them to the utmost of our ability. Whether they're watching or not, we've got to do everything and give everything that we can. In the same token, our leaders need to treat us with respect as well. So if you're a leader listening to this, if you're a pastor listening to this, again, you, you have to lead as Christ led. He, he, he might reprimand his followers. He might correct them from time to time, but he did so in love. Love being the key ingredient that I'm talking to you about tonight. Philippians chapter 2, verse 1 through 10. Lord, have an attitude of Christ. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other. Love one another and work together with one mind and one purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others is better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others as well. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges to look to, and he took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being when he appeared in human form. He humbled himself in obedience to God, and he died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names. Verse 10, that, that all at that name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That, that attitude of Christ, he, here he was, he was, he was God. He was God incarnate. He, he, he was every bit God as he was every bit man. But yet he put away his hierarchy and he lowered himself and he humbled himself to be just like one of us. He walked through the same fires you and I walked through. I, I, you know, people argue that today that, oh, well, pfft, he didn't face the stuff we face today, man. Look at all the things that are going on around us. Yeah, he did because the time frame, the, as time changes, so do the problems. So, so in essence, he faced the same struggle. It was just in a different format at a different time. That he did, there's nothing, the Bible says there's absolutely nothing that we're going to face that he has not already walked through. 
You know, we're not going to face a temptation that we can't overcome because he, he proved it that he can overcome. He Can you imagine having Satan standing in front of you and, and literally handing you the, the keys to the kingdom of the world and then turning it down? That, I mean, he did that. So think about that. He was he was as much God as he was human. First Peter chapter 2, verse 13, and then we'll jump to 17 through 25. This is respecting people in authority. This was a tough one. So starting in chapter 2, verse 13, For the Lord's sake, respect all human authority whether the king as head of, of the state or the official he has appointed. In reference to what went on today in our capital, this is a big scripture. For the Lord's sake, respect all human authority, whether the king as head of the state or the officials that he has appointed. Respect everyone and love your Christian brothers and sisters. Fear God and respect the king. You who are slaves must accept the authority of your masters with all respect. Do what they tell you, not only if they are kind or reasonable, but even if they are, are cruel or harsh. For God is pleased with you when you do what you know is right and patiently endure unfair treatment. I, I, when we're serving someone, when we're serving a pastor, we're serving a leader, or, or we're serving in our position and whatever we feel like God's called us to do, and, and we've committed to that, man, this scripture is huge. Um, <laughs> we need to accept the authority of the master, e- even sometimes if they treat us bad, even even if they forget who we are, even if they forget what we're there for, even even if they don't pat us on the back, even if they don't, you know. Again, I, I come back to that sermon I preached about the duck call with that little bitty wedge that's inside there. Nobody pays any attention to the wedge, but that wedge is highly important to the function of that ministry. It's highly important to the function of that duck call. Without the wedge, the duck call wouldn't work right. It wouldn't it wouldn't serve its purpose. Listen, most ministries, without without the wedge, without you and me, without without that little lowly servant holding over the door or cleaning the toilets or sweeping up after the, the communion or picking up all the cups out of the chairs, if out, without that wedge, the ministry wouldn't function to its highest availability and its highest possibilities. So keep that in mind. Serve no matter how you're treated because that's not who you're answering to. You're answering to the Lord, not not just those who you're, you're um, serving. Of course, you get no credit for being patient if you are beaten for doing wrong. But if you suffer for doing good and endure it patiently, God is pleased with you. For God calls you to go to to do good, even if it means suffering, just as Christ suffered for you. He is your example, and you must follow his steps. Verse 22, he never sinned. He never deceived anyone. He did not retaliate when he was insulted, nor threaten revenge when he suffered. He left his case in the hands of God who always judges fairly. He personally carried out or carried our sins in his body on the cross so that he can he can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds you are healed. Once you were like sheep who had wandered away, but now you have turned to your shepherd, the guardian of your souls. 1 Thessalonians 5, chapter 12 through 13, Paul's final advice. Dear brothers and sisters, honor those who are your leaders in the Lord's work. They work hard among you and give you spiritual guidance. Show them great respect and wholehearted love because of their work and live peacefully with each other. 
I'd encourage you to, to go to First Thessalonians 5 and, and finish that passage of Scripture that Paul had there. Um, it's, it's really some great advice in there concerning how we should be um, as brothers and sisters and as servants to the Lord's work. First Peter 5, verses 5-9. through 9, This is advice for elders and young men. In the same way, you younger men must accept the authority of the elders. And all of you serve each other in humility. For God opposes the proud, but he favors the humble. Man, listen, I don't care how old you are. I don't care if you're the youngest pup or the oldest dog. We've got to respect each other. We, we need to learn to respect our authority that's ahead of us. Um, I, I, you know, I see it today. I see a lot of these young churches who, who lack the respect of their leadership. They, um, I, I'm not big on calling a pastor by his first name. Um, man, it just it grinds on me. I mean, I'm not that old, but... I grew up in a different level of respect, and I, I grew up respecting that position. Um, I, the, I've, I've served several pastors in my career, some of which um, were, were a struggle, uh, honestly. I, I've, I've served some really good ones. Um, but no matter whether I thought they were good or, or difficult, they still I still can't call them by their first name. Every pastor I've ever served, when I reference them in a story, when I talk to somebody about them, when I when I mention them, or I find myself in conversation about one of my old, my older pastors, one one that I've I've served before, I reference them as Pastor Whoever. I I I can't call them by their first name, even though I'm no longer subject to their authority. I still respect their position. The, the, I've got a, a, a pastor the word the church that I go to now that that's younger than me he's just a pup but I'm, I can't call him by his first name I'm gonna have to reference him as pastor because that's who he is that's his position of authority over me even though he's younger than me I, I'm, not, I'm not gonna play a card like that it's it's just there's a level of respect I think must come when we serve other leaders we have got to learn to serve them correctly the things that happen today, I might not respect the person, but I am going to respect the office. I, I'm, that, that, that office is going to be just like it was a few years ago when I didn't like that guy either, but I respected his office. That, that's the way it should be. It's, it's, it's God allows authority to be set in place over us, and we're subject to that authority, and, and, and we need to respect that authority. Teach your kids to respect your pastors, your leaders. Uh, you know, and I, and I know it starts sometimes in youth ministry where where the youth pastor maybe is called by their first name. I, I really struggle with somebody calling me Brother Buster or struggle with calling me a Pastor Buster. Although I had a lot of young people who did call me Pastor Buster when I youth pastor. It's not something I required. It's not something I asked of them. They simply did so out of respect for my office. You know, I, I encourage you, teach your children to respect the office. Teach them to respect that hierarchy, that, that no matter what they do, that they understand what that level of respect is and what it's for. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. Then you serve according to, to what God has put in front of you. God will bless you for it. He'll take care of you. You know, it's like I said from the beginning of this, as you do everything in your power, to see the vision of your leader come to pass, God will take care of yours. You focus on, on serving the way you're supposed to serve. 
Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. He's looking for the weak place. He's looking for the weakness. He's he's going to attack in the weak spot. Shore that up. Look for that weak spot. Help your leader. Help your leader. Help guard him. If he's got a weak area, if, if there's a weakness that you recognize, then then guard that side of him. You know, be paying attention because the attack's going to come. The, our, our leadership right now, especially, is is under attack immensely. I talked about it the other day. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your your Christian brothers and sisters all over the world are going through the same kind of suffering that you are. You're not alone. You're not alone. We are under attack. We are at that time that the Bible talks about, the end times, if you want to call it that, end of days, however you want to categorize it. We are at a crucial time in, in, our, in our faith. It's not a time to fear. It's a time to be excited. I don't care what happened in that capital today. I'm not afraid of it. I'm excited because I know that God is still in control and I know that he is setting in place and in motion his timing of what's to come and we have got to stay the course and continue to do what he has called us to do to get the gospel on the streets to seek out that which is lost so that it may be found. We don't have time to be afraid and hide in a cave. We have got to stay on the board. We have got to stay focused. We've got to keep our eyes on Jesus and not pay attention to the storm that's going on around us and stay focused on our task. Serving our leadership, serving our ministries, giving everything that we have to see the gospel of Jesus Christ move forward and watch his kingdom grow. It's about his kingdom, not ours or any other man's. Our goal is to see God's kingdom grow. Here's just a checklist to determine if you have what it takes to be an armor bearer. As you ask yourself and answer these questions, prayerfully consider your answers and be responsible to each one of these. Weigh out your your personal calling. Do you have a disciplined prayer life? Well, that's a A A number one. Do you have a, a disciplined prayer life? Are you faithful to the church that you attend? Be faithful to the ministry you serve. Be there. Don't, man, I've seen people, oh, can't go to church today. It snowed a half an inch. You know, they'll have the roads cleared by 930, but man, you know, it could still be slippery. I'm going I'm to pass today because it snowed. Oh, you want me to go to a ball game with you? Yeah, I'll drive over there six hours to go to a ball game. See see what I'm saying? We have got to be faithful to the ministries that we serve. They need us, and we need them. Is your family intact? That's a tough one. That's a tough one. I I am a product of divorce. Um, It is a difficult thing. Um, It's a difficult difficult thing if your children are are not serving the way they should serve. Um, There's challenges involved with that. Put it before the Lord. Keep yourself humble and put it before the Lord. Do everything you can and pray and seek things over your family. Pray that God will bring healing. Pray that God will. And I know lots and lots of people who suffer through this right here. This is the enemy's attack on us. Um, I'm, not, I'm not saying that you can't be an armor bearer if you're going through these things. Um, I don't believe that my divorce caused me to lose any ground in my faith. If anything, it strengthened me. 
Use it. Use whatever that attack is going against you to strengthen your life with Christ. Do you pay your tithe? Ooh. Now I'm going to get personal. I'm going to get in your pocket. Tithing is a biblical principle. There are some teachings. There are some things in there that I'm not going to get into the depth of this. But I'm going to ask you to be giving to God one way, shape, form, or another. Um, you can't outgive him. Matter of fact, the word says that in the same measure that you give, he'll return it to you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. So what measure do you give in? I mean, we, tithe is, goes, goes beyond money, but money is very important. The Bible talks about bringing our first fruits to the Lord. And I think that's highly important. We need we need to pay attention to that teaching. You need to give before the Lord, and you need to ask Him to show you what you're supposed to be doing. I, I'm not going to tell you what to do. You you and the Lord need to work out what you should be doing, and you follow your heart. You follow God and what He puts in your heart, and He will bless you immensely for that. I guarantee you. There, there. I'll argue all day with you on this one. All right. Um, are you at ease? In the presence of your leader. Are you comfortable in the presence of your leader? You need to be. If you're not, you need to figure out why you're not. If, if, if you're intimidated, and I and listen, I struggled. I struggled with the intimidation of, of leadership. I always have. I, I don't want to do something wrong. I don't want to be wrong. I, I don't want to be reprimanded. I, I struggle in that area. I'm not strong when it comes to um, conflict, especially with my leader. I'll, I'll fight any old dog comes along. You do something wrong or you attack my leader, man, we're going to go to town. But if my leader comes down on me, I struggle. So, so I want to ask you um, that, that you need to be at ease in the presence of your leader. You need to you need to work out anything. If you got something going on with the leadership, you need to solve that issue so that you're comfortable and, you, and you're humbled before them, but you're at ease in their presence. Um are you interested in people of all types and races? That's a good question. We, we, need, to be, we need to be fluid in all areas of life and lifestyle. Um, there's a lot of times that you're going to encounter people that don't fit in your realm of expertise. That's all right. We still need to be fluid in that, in that piece. If I know that that's not my, my gig, then I'm going to find someone whose it is. You know, I worked with juvenile offenders as a juvenile detention center chaplain. They were constantly trying to get me to go over to the adult side, and I, uh-uh, I didn't want nothing to do with the adult side. My my role and my mission was with young people, with youth, and so I did. That wasn't my thing. Have I have I worked with with adults that are that are struggling? Absolutely, but it's not my role. My my role was always with younger people. You know, so so you need to find your category and fit well in that. Um, do you avoid avoid murmuring and complaining? Man, I hope so. Do you possess a strong and steady will? That, that's highly important. Are you optimistic? Do you submit to authority? Uh, that again, there's one that's a really tough one to get into. But do you submit to authority? Are you a good listener? There, there was a meme I heard I saw recently that talked about. Um, Sometimes we don't listen to hear, we listen to respond. That's not what we should be doing. We need to listen to hear what's being said to us. Allow it to to penetrate us 
chew on it, determine what it is, and then respond to it. That, that's what we should be doing. Um, are you disciplined mentally and physically? Yeah. I, mean, I can probably say I don't fit that category very well. I'm not very disciplined physically. I'm out of shape. I'm overweight. I don't, I don't discipline my life well there. Um, mentally, I, I try to stay as sharp as I can because I got to come on here and talk to you guys. And, and, if, and if, it wasn't, if it wasn't for God pouring into me, I wouldn't be here and doing this in front of you because I don't have what it takes. Are you loyal? Are you loyal? You need to understand what that means. If you need to, look it up. Are you loyal to your leadership? You need to be. If you're not, you need to question why you're attached to that ministry. Simple fact. Honestly, in, in everything that I have said today, everything I've said up to today, if you're not loyal to the ministry you're serving, if, if you're not sold out to the mission that that ministry has in front of them and, and what's been laid out, the vision that, that's, that they're following, if you're not sold out to that, if you're not loyal to that, you, one, you need to question why, and, and if it's a problem, then you need to maybe look for some release there and, and not be in that ministry anymore. Because if you're not loyal to it, you're, you're liable to become a distraction for it. You're liable to become a, a stumbling block in that ministry. You don't want to do that. You don't want to be that. Um, you, you want to be sold out to that ministry that you're serving. You've got to be on the same page as the visionary. You've, you've got to be following the vision or you probably need to excuse yourself quietly because you you can't. If if you can't, if you can't, if you can't line up with the vision that that ministry has, you need to step out. Because if you don't, it, you're going to wind up causing a wreck. And a wreck is not what a ministry needs. We go through enough of those on a daily basis as ministers and as ministries. We we need to we need to know that we believe in the mission and the vision that that ministry has in front of them and follow it tooth and nail give everything we have for it sell out to it don't ever don't don't it's not it's not about questioning things that go on there's there's time and place to question leadership there's time and place to question um direction but if you don't believe in the vision to start with it's not going to do you any good to be there and it's not going to do them any good either so keep that in mind man i pray this stuff is helping you i know i'm catching a little bit lengthy tonight um Keep your, keep your eyes on Jesus in the midst of this storm. Um, I'll be back with you on Sunday. Uh, my head's so full of stuff right now. There's so many things going on. There's, there's you know, my, my mind's torn in several different places right now. I'll have to really come to some conclusions on what I want to bring Sunday. But God will straighten me out, hopefully, between now and then. But in the meantime, keep your eyes on the Lord. Stay focused on Him. Don't look to the left or the right. Keep your eyes on Him. And, and know... No matter where we are in this fight, God's with us. God's got us. Just trust Him. Lean on Him. Lean into Him. And don't let go. Don't let go. The, the, the life that we have going on right now, you need to get solid. And you need to get solid with your leadership. You need to get solid with your ministry. You, you need to begin to serve like you've never served before. You need to get on your knees before the Lord and, and cry out to Him that He pours more into you, that He pours the power of His Holy Spirit over you, that you become so Spirit-filled that wherever you go, lights, lights candles around you. I, I want to have that shadow thing like we talked about with Paul. I want my shadow affecting somebody when I walk by. 
I, I want to know that God's pouring out over me and pouring through me and around me, that, that I am doing what he's called me to do. This is that time. What an exciting time to be alive as a, as a follower of Jesus Christ. You want to be a good armor bearer? You got to be a good follower. You can't lead till you're a good follower. You got to get in and follow hard. Then you can become a good leader. God can use you to lead others. Amen. God bless you guys. Don't forget, we got all kinds of stuff going on. We got a duck call drive going on for our ministry. It's on the website, it's on our Facebook page. Um, actually, I think it's on the Facebook page. I don't think it's on the website. But there's giving links on our website, there's giving links on our Facebook page. Get involved. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you for your prayers. Keep praying over all these ministries that are that are moving forward right now. Uh, we're, we're involved with, with Peterson Outdoor Ministries. We were just at an event with them uh, over the last weekend and, and spoke at, at a duck hunt there with some veterans. Lots of great things happening around our country. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep using the Word of God and put it in front of you like a sword that he keeps separating tomorrow in front of you, right? God bless you guys. Again, thank you for your support and everything you do for us. Uh, we're praying for you. If you have any questions at all, shoot me a message. Love to talk to you. We will talk to you again on Sunday. God bless you. Have a great rest of your week. Amen. See you.